Are you aware that there's a new Kids in the Hall show? Yes. Or rather, a continuation of the existing show? I sure am, yeah. Have you seen it? I sure have not. Yeah, I keep Well, as of last night, I have. (laughs) Is it good? I think think we watched like three episodes. Yeah, it's very good, actually. Um, I will say two things. One, it's very good. And if you like Kids in the Hall, you will like it. (laughs) Second... There's 700% more full-on, full-frontal Canadian dingus <laughs> straight up like dick and balls starting in the first sketch of the first scene of the first show yeah. than you are ready for or has historically been in your um, consumption of Kids in the Hall. Good. So just be aware going to see Dave Foley's dick a lot right, <laughs> right up front. So uh, just have that just have that knowledge um, before going in. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, everything should be fine. If you're if you're if you can, you know, consent to that kind of information. Um, we were not, we were not expecting it, but the show's very good. If anything, I actually think that the drag segments play better now that they're fucking old as shit. Something about, uh, you would think that the HD quality, um, filmmaking would make the drag like worse, but better budget and, um, and the fact that they're like actually old ass guys actually kind of makes the drag better. (laughs) it's it's pretty it's pretty good 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 welcome to oops all monsters the deadly unserious show about creatures cryptids and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful west virginia that weirdo with me when he's not eating the radioactive homeless population that roams the subterranean world below new york city is gavin and this weirdo with me who is staying out of my covid zone right now is hess (laughs) But you don't actually have COVID. You just got, I mean, to I don't knowledge, think so. You've just got, I, I have a thing. You've, you, you've got a, you've got a TJ Miller, um, you know, as phlegm commercial. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, I think they fired him as the Mucinex guy, probably because well, he was too interesting. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not a, 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 a ball player. He's, I don't, he's not yeah. a part of your system, man. Yeah, he's, <laughs> He throws like fireworks during interviews. I wouldn't imagine him like, you know, in a board meeting. Yeah, so, but I, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, all the indications I get is that T.J. Miller is a very difficult human being. But also, yeah. <laughs> he um, he had a very intense uh, near death experience where he was like in a coma for a few weeks or some shit. And then since he's and like supposedly he, he explains that that's why he is the way he is. He just yeah. is uh, like at a hundred and ten percent all the time now, supposedly. So, um, and that seems to track because I didn't fucking know anything about TJ Miller before he was in a coma. (laughs) And, and then out of the coma, he gets, um, what's that movie the week? Actually, we could do that movie. Cloverfield. Where he plays the annoying guy who is necessary to describe everything that's going on to the non-existent cameraman in that movie. That's a weird casting choice, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it, it, no, it worked. I know it worked. Oh, it was perfect. I'm not saying it was a bad casting choice. It was just weird.
And we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. Dear readers at home, quick reminder, (laughs) check the Instagram at OopsAllMonsters if you like looking at visuals that underscore the various thoughts and describings that we make on the show. Okay. Um, Given that it is a Gavin topic... Today, I have, in one of these tabs, scrounged out a vocabulary word. vocabulary. Usually, my vocabulary words are a little bit more ponderous than this, but I got this one just because I thought um, it would have an, uh, an interesting... Um, vibe on the show. The my word is decadarky. Decadarky. D e c a d a r c h y. Decadarky. The govern the for the control of governmental system by ten persons. A decadarky. <laughs> okay. Otherwise known as a decarky. A decarky. Yeah. Yeah. Decarky. Or decadarky, both mean a government consisting of ten persons. That's all. I just couldn't skip it because I knew that it would make it difficult for you to breathe. Uh, but that was be- that was bef- that was before I realized that you were um, infested with TJ Miller syndrome. So if you ever have a if you ever in a in an argument, you know, just tell them you know we can we can form a decarky here and get this solved real quick. <laughs> you know, make sure, make sure you got your lawyer on speed dial. If you do that. Yeah. Um, and moving past villainous vocabulary, Gavin, how can we possibly begin to introduce whatever this mysterious, completely unknown to me topic well, is? Yeah, I don't, I am pretty sure you might get it. If it comes to your mind, what it is. If it uh-huh. doesn't come to your mind, okay. like, what it is, then... So it's something you know, I could know whether my brain yeah. grabs it is a separate matter. Yeah. That's almost always the case, so we'll see. Imagine, if you will, back in either 1992 or 1968, it's difficult to, to, to tell, <laughs> the unburied dead came back to life and started uh, choosing human victims, not choosing, but um, attacking human victims, and a cannibalistic uh, apocalypse has occurred. Okay. My brain has too many options, but I know that those specific years are supposed (laughs) to indicate something to me. So you're sitting in your uh, Morgantown, West Virginia home um, whenever you... You are notified by um, a, a provisional scout detail who comes to trade with you that you've been invited to live in Fiddler's Green all the way up in Pittsburgh. Okay, is this a um, is this a fallout? No. Okay, I'm so discombobulated. Carry on. On the way uh, to Pittsburgh, you make your way through the 
Hordes of slow-walking zombies. Every once in a while, you catch a glimpse of either a gas station attendant uh, trying to ring somebody up at the register, a gardener trying to shovel gravel, a, a gazebo full of old ba- brass band members playing their <laughs> instruments uh, uh, awkwardly. And All of this is ringing weird bells for me. But yeah. I'm really confused. I mean, the fact that it is actually a Pittsburgh move would imply to me that it could be an actual Romero, but I don't think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> is it a is it an actual Romero? It's an actual Romero. Is it yeah. like an army of the dead kind of thing? It's or a city of exactly the dead? An army of the dead. It was Romero's. Um, version that later became Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. It's Land of the Dead, and Land the, of the Dead. Yeah, the monster that I'm going to be talking about is the Zombie Lord or Big Daddy Zombie. Is that the um, the, the black guy? The black one. guy that gets smart. Yeah, he's the bub of Land of the Dead, basically. The bub of Land of the Dead. Okay, yeah. yeah. I had forgotten that that guy had a specific character name, but I know exactly who you mean. He's got a weird, um, he's got a weird like mouth, uh, makeup makeup apparatus, right? He's kind of yeah. like a big, uh, kind of like stout looking guy. Um, yeah, okay. All right, so zombies by way of specifically Land of the Dead. So this gives us what was probably our first Dennis Hopper topic, I think. Yeah. And our first John Leguizamo topic. Yep, there's going to be a lot of those two because they were in the movie so much. Almost as much as Eugene Clark is the actor that played Big Daddy. Uh, Okay. Um, And the character's name is Big Daddy because that's what's actually on his name tag on his overalls. I see. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, he's a gas station attendant. Got it. Yeah, because I remember he does have these very iconic overalls. So, Land of the Dead is, uh, if you don't mind me hitting some of the like just factual shit about like go what year it is and stuff. I was just gonna quote straight from the wiki, but you go ahead. Okay, I'm um, just that Land of the Dead is what is it? The fourth movie in the Rever- in the strict Romero verse. Is that Correct, because it does it. Yeah, technically, canonically, come directly after Dawn of the Dead, which is like um, a twenty-five yeah. year break. So yeah, nope, night, then dawn, then day, then land. Technically, in the um, actual Romero directed Dead movies, yeah. um, you have the original Night from sixty-eight. You yeah. have um, Day. You have Dawn, and then a great big long break until 2005, the killers are on the radio, and Land of the Dead comes out, which is <laughs> a, uh, a, a real shift, um, but it, it's, it, um, huh, I don't, I don't even know what to, I kind of want to wait to give my impressions about Land of the Dead. Yeah, I got, I have a lot of impressions of this movie, but um, the, I think that the, uh, uh, concept like the the concept for the feeling that Romero wanted for Land of the Dead was that he wanted people to acknowledge the first three movies like those happened okay now that we got now that we got that those happened out of the way um, let's bring in modern filmmaking techniques makeup and all of that 
and just say that the zombies have been around for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, like kind of not question who was what age whenever whatever happened. And like, uh, we'll just say that this takes place like now, mm-hmm. now being 2005. Like, as, as if zombies had happened in my movies earlier. Yeah. Yeah, the time crunch thing, it's kind of like, it's fairly easy to just not really pay too much attention to the whole yeah. uh, time crunch thing. Um, it, it's, uh, I remember pr- particularly John Leguizamo plays um, the evil villain, uh, Dennis Hopper's like primary goon lieutenant, which is an interesting vibe for Leguizamo. And when yeah. when his team come when their team comes back from the um, scrounging hall that is like the 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 loot quest that is the um, yeah. first <laughs> few <laughs> scenes of the movie. That's um, canonically in Uniontown. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, how, you know, Dennis Hopper dramatically turns and goes like, how was Uniontown? I'm like, how was Uniontown? You can't say Uniontown with that, like, hard, evil villain face. Like, um, you know, it's it's like saying, uh, you know, like, how was Booger Creek? You know, it's yeah. just not so yeah. fucking trying to take Union Town seriously. Just it's a bunch of Harley Davidsons and racists, Italian yeah. restaurants. So for those of us who were in um, Austria and have fucking no idea what we're talking about, Pittsburgh being the nearest large city to us and Union Town is in between. It's just kind of like a weird little like white boy town <laughs> um, yeah, that's odd. technically kind it, of a city. but. A- it has a huge like uh, learning hospital that has nothing to do with WVU or Pittsburgh. Yeah, and Pittsburgh is the um, red target in the bullseye of the origins of American zombie culture because yeah. because George Romero created the American style zombie that is the zombie that we ha- all understand to be the monster zombie of the 20th and 21st century. That yeah. all originates from the greater Pittsburgh area. So, um, yeah. you know, um, literally shopping malls and graveyards that we could ride a bike to if we had to do it, um, you know, to save our lives are, yeah. are places we can go. You know, I've been to the, the, the night of the living dead museum in, um, where the, where the fuck is that? It's, it's in the town that's adjacent to all of the original filming for night of the living dead. You can go to the graveyard. You can, I, you, yeah. I, you can lay your head down on, the um on the the gravestone that Johnny gets killed by when he falls down fighting the the original chili billy zombie etc 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 Evans City Evan that's City. the place yeah Evans Evan City, City. um but that's a calling it Evans City is very um um it's not a city it's barely even a town yeah. it's it's i think it's like a dairy queen uh, at a post office. It's really, yeah. it's not. Calling it Evan City is very Night of the Living Dead fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. There's a lot to the character, but only if you want to listen to my own ideas. And, well, uh, I have can, a lot. Canonry. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of thoughts here. about... Um, yeah. Evolve of uh, the evolving Romero zombies because the thing is like Romero really goes out of his way in a couple of movies, specifically Day of the Dead with Bub and this movie yeah. 
to have a arc that one zombie takes to become like the um, you know Caesar of the Planet yeah. of the Apes of zombies. Yeah. Does man that marvel of the universe, that glorious paradox who sent me to the stars, still make war against his brother? And uh, kind of evolve them past basically just like gibbering animals and turn them into a more dangerous yeah. foe because they can turn doorknobs and listen to um, cassette tapes. The, uh, the entirety of the movie Land of the Dead um, would be a great movie. It would be like um, okay. um, immortalized, like one of the best zombies right up there with like 28 Days Later in the first Night of the Living Dead. Like, if some stupid choices were reversed. And, like, there was a lot of um, other nitpicky shit that I had about this movie. Like, the editing was not great. The music sucked. Uh-huh. Um, like, the the sound kind of seemed out of sync. Some things were loud and some things were not. And it seemed like, um, like, real uh, minor league mistakes that that you would make in the editing process. So I'm not sure if like Romero had a hand in editing it or not, but um whoever started to make these character die-offs and um special effects features where like uh, a main character would die just to showcase some stupid gag. Uh-huh. It, this all happens about an hour into the movie where it kind of falls apart and things become nonsensical. Like they could have gone um, the direction that the movie was naturally going uh-huh. and just kind of have like the, uh, the smart zombies be the problem. Yeah. But they introduced all these other problems, which is like John Leguizambo double crosses Dennis Hopper who hires, um, John Leguizamo's friend to go and get him who double crosses Dennis Hopper who double crosses John Leguizamo. And it's just like a complicated, unnecessary pool of double crosses that's really like predictable and and nonsensical. I have thought a good bit about land of the dead and why I don't like it. I haven't thought that much about it because I, it, there are just a lot of aspects of it that don't click into place. And, and I'm somebody that I am not, um, how do I want to say I am not like um, I don't proselytize for all three original um, Romero movies. Like I, I probably like day of the dead as much as I like Dawn of the dead. I think Dawn of the dead, um, there are sections of it that just really should move faster. Um, And really there's two or three scenes you could just swap out for slightly better scenes. And then it would be a fucking phenomenal movie. I think it's great. But I think if you took, two or three scenes from Dawn, which is um, so bizarre to modern eyes because it looks like um, the zombie, like visually it kind of looks like the zombies going to um, the Crayola factory with Fred Rogers in terms of like the color palette because they have this bizarre orange blood that doesn't look in in the vicinity of what anybody, any blood you've ever seen. Yeah, Um, it looks bad. Yeah, (laughs) you can, you can find... um, you can find interviews with uh, what's his butt, the little uh, little Italian guy. What the fuck is his fucking name? The Tom Savini. Tom Savini, yeah, talking about um, how uh, how they got this 
big batch of this blood and it was just wrong. And, but yeah. they were like committed to it because, you know, they're, you know, they're not universal studios. They're fucking, you know, yeah. some, they're, they've always been some guys in Pittsburgh basically. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, they're not Universal Studios. They're literally George Romero and his wife. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so you've got this really bizarre, um, strange color thing going with the blood. You've got yeah. the already surreal, intentionally surreal aspect of them running around this massive late seventies, early eighties style shopping mall. Yeah. Which one is, of those indoor malls. Yeah. One of those, one of those indoor malls. You, yeah. You, um, <laughs> you half expect David Byrne in a cowboy hat to like turn the corner and start explaining things in like a esoteric way. Yeah. <laughs> shopping mall has replaced the town square as the center of many American cities. Shopping itself has become the activity that brings people together. I really like it. It's just, there's a couple of scenes that are so damn slow and really yeah. anything, even in the, by the nineties, most seventies movies, you're like, okay, all right. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Carry yeah. on. Okay. And there's, there are some seventies movies that are perfectly paced, but just, blah. and, but, and even night of the living dead, as much as I think it is in a way perfect, there's, there are definitely shots. You're like, Okay, well, man, that was just that was just some eighteen-year-old guy with a lamp, um, right there. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it <clears throat> for it to be so. I mean, I think that arguably Night of the Living Dead is the most culturally impactful American movie of all time. Um, yeah. I haven't actually made that exact statement before, but I have been saying that it's probably the most important horror film of all time, at least from yeah. like a modern American standpoint. And you know, the movies have only been around yeah. since the like late 1800s. Well, Night of the Living Dead is up there. It's, it's up there with King Kong and, um, uh, Chinatown. <laughs> you just want to compare to everything to Chinatown now? I know, I know. I keep going back to Chinatown. Yeah, you know, the two great American horror films, Chud and Chinatown. In Chinatown. <laughs> you know, I've, I've written Chinatown by accident like six times. <laughs> but on Mars, probably? Like, for, for campaign adventures. Be like, you know, you know what would be great? Like, uh, uh, a bunch of nobles or like people that run things who have like an incest problem that the characters need to figure out. And you know what else? Like there's like a drought. Yeah. Do you know where all the water went? His mom is his sister. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I need a reason for the characters to investigate these rich people. And it's always like, how about a drought? Yeah. How dude. By the time we get to Land of the Dead, we have gone through Night of the Living Dead as the origin in the 1960s of this miscellaneous radioactive or bizarre space age uh, uh, phenomenon that causes the dead to rise from their graves and the recently dead to animate. And then we yeah. have a bizarre battle against them by some survivors in uh, in Day of the Dead that is kind of like the beneath the planet of the apes of the zombie movies um, that I'm yeah. actually a big fan of Day of the Dead, even though it's I think it's the biggest bummer. And then um, it's a big and bummer. Dawn of yeah. the Dead, which it's, is a surrealist a... anti um, anti capitalist 
um, jaunt that criticizes, I don't, basically like suburbia and, uh, and, and, yeah. and south, southwestern Pennsylvania. Nope. Night. Then dawn. Then day. Then land. And then uh, this massive break that takes us from the 70s all the way to 2005, where I, I really, yeah. I'm, I'm going to cobble together my best recollection of what Romero, what Romero has said about this and my, versus my own theory, which is basically Romero is saying like, okay, well, what if we did a, what if we did a, a, a swippy swappy with who was the goodies and who was the baddies without telling the audience and turning all the human yeah. characters into like miserable shitbags um, who yeah. are just desperately golem-like grabbing on to what they see as their freedom inside of their giant um, ivory tower, uh, which is um, uh, ironically in the Three Rivers area of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, it's the Golden Triangle is the setting for Land of the Dead. Like, um, the other thing that Romero was sure to include in this also is like all of the racism that he likes to explore. Yes. The, the reason that, uh, John Leguizambo double crosses Dennis Hopper is because Dennis Hopper won't let him into the tower because he's Mexican. <laughs> I had not, I had not remembered that. Yeah. I had not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a very good bullet point to remind us that if George Romero is ever telling you that his movies are not about shit, which was a common practice for him to do, he would yeah. say like, "Ah, oh, it's just ah, they're monsters, blood, scary." <laughs> like he, yeah. you could tell that at sometimes he, and on some occasions he had a patience to actually engage with the super metaphor that the Romero style American zombie survival genre had created. And then sometimes he just didn't want to fucking get into it. And so he would just go yeah. like, nah, it's just some guys. They they eat your liver. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. But th there is, there, there's no like serious person at all that looks at American horror movies and doesn't say either by intention or accident that it is the most profound, um, multi-pronged European adapter analogy for various things, primarily um, either, you know, something political like communism and the Communism. civil rights and the civil rights movement essentially, essentially yeah. the zombie horde it's arguable more so that it can represent certain things more than others but you can very easily plug and play it into whatever you're worried about that's what you can pretend the zombies are um yeah but you know it makes more sense for them to to be to represent certain populations and w in their origins in the 1960s you were not in a totally benign situation you had people you know hordes of folks marching on the streets and straight culture being terrified about it and all of this violent tumult and nobody knew who the fuck was going to come out on top uh, yeah. and the fact that 90, the original 1960s movie is, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, I believe I went into it primarily when we talked about Candyman. Yeah. Be my victim. That main character, um, played by Dwayne Jones, is, 
I mean, uh, by by way of timing, it is a more um, it's a more pronounced casting than um, any other like black protagonist in a movie. And as I mentioned in that episode, I'll mention again in the first 20 minutes, he slaps the white blonde lady lead of the movie into getting her head in the game. And that was really a slap to the audience to go like, Hey motherfuckers, pay attention. (laughs) Um, the rules in this movie are, ain't the same as the rules in what you watched last week. This is, um, yeah, this is, uh, not guess who's coming to dinner. Yeah. By now, there were no more screams. I realized that I was alone with 50 or 60 of those things, just standing there, staring at me. I I started to drive. I just plowed right through them. They didn't move. They didn't run or just stood there, staring at me. Just wanted to crush them. They scattered through the air like bugs. Taking a big finger out and pointing it at the, you know, the racism from a different angle then say, uh, what's his, what's his butt is with, um, blazing saddles, you know, oh, coming, Bill Brooks. yeah, coming at it from the scary angle, as opposed to the yeah. like, uh, farty beans angle and saying like, <laughs> Hey, it's about the black guy. Do you, do you yeah. get that? It's about the black guy. Cause it is, uh, do you, and you notice that they kill him at the end. Right. And there's like a lynch mob. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Right. Uh, yeah. and then uh, it's no surprise that then what you would do is find a way to extend that through line um, into a new character who represents the uprising of the, um, in a way, the oppressed class of zombies themselves, such that your protagonist actually ends up being the big daddy zombie, Um, which is Odd, uh, and I really love that idea. My problem is I don't think the movie earns it. Um, no. I don't think the movie wins on its own merits because no. it is just it, it doesn't succeed at being compelling or having anybody. Nobody is likable in it. I guess I is That's one of the true. things I would say. Everybody sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, in um, in Night of the Living Dead, I'm I'm variably rooting primarily for Dwayne Jones and to a yeah. certain extent the kind of like Yinzers he teams up with, but um, and Romero kind of has that problem in a lot of his movies because yeah. uh, he has a ton of strengths, obviously, but yeah. frequently he has movies that are populated by just like um, totally anarchic assholes that refuse to get in line with saving the day. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah the the characters the human characters in Land of the Dead were um, really confusing. Like uh, they tried to throw in a romant a forced romantic relationship between the the woman from Bee Monkey and um, <laughs> okay. Simon Baker, who plays a guy named Riley. Yeah, um, and John Leguizamo kept being portrayed as this reluctant goon. Like he didn't want to be the bad guy for Dennis Hopper. He just wanted to live in the tower. He wanted nice things. Uh-huh. And then, like, constantly going back to him just being an asshole, a total scumbag. 
but then him having like human aspects like I don't want to do all of this you know what I've done for him you know I don't like doing any of this blah 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 you know what fuck you I'll, I'll kill you anyway and that that was confusing what else was confusing was like the crew of the dead reckoning the big like uh combat truck uh-huh uh, would listen to orders by literally anybody that got onto the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the the girl that drove it and the gunner that operated the missile launchers would listen to anyone who got into it and told them to shoot. Yeah. And that was kind of weird. Well, I, I mean, I can see the very simple equation that Romero looks like he has in front of him and he's like, okay, this will work. You got a bunch of heroes that are actually villains and they're infighting, yeah. and we're going to kind of start associating with them. But they're the worst, and yeah. when the only good guy is kind of a silent movie zombie, and yeah. he goes from not knowing what's going on to suddenly leading this suppressed march against the the you know the king in his castle, everybody's going to root for him. But I just don't yeah. think the beats are there. For his character, I mean, th- I think you could have che- achieved that in a couple of different ways. And from what I remember, the vast majority of this movie is is just wasted time. Like, it's, yeah. it's bickering among the villains and driving around yeah. for zombie gags that I don't remember a single fucking one of, so they couldn't have been that fun to do anyway. Um, yeah. Where I, I think you could have either gone into, like, vignette flashbacks about him or something that would have given us more of a mechanism as to why he he would end up being this like yeah. general zombie who evolved to a different level or yeah, some like some he was he was cool enough to have his name tag say big daddy. Yeah, I yeah. And I think he I think he would have to undergo some kind of um Murphy in RoboCop series of revelations if you if you basically gave him the original robocop story but for a zombie and he you spent time with him just as a zombie enough to like get the world going and it was not obvious from go that it was going to be like well this guy's going to turn into cool's like sticker zombie that can uh give a thumbs up and throw a spear um then you would have been like you would have earned a much more satisfying um, result when finally he comes out on top. I mean, yeah, I mean, very yeah. quickly, Planet of the Apes, like I've already mentioned, gives, uh, I think, the one that would be most relevant is actually Conquest uh, to go dig back into the 70s. In another, in another metaphor about, you know, uh, racial and class oppression that is, you know, using the 1960s civil rights struggle as a massive metaphor, um, definitely Conquest yeah. of the Planet of the Apes. What you have seen here today, apes on the five continents will be imitating tomorrow. With knives against guns, with kerosene cans against flamethrowers. Where there is fire, there is smoke. And in that smoke from this day forward, my people will crouch and conspire and plot and plan for the inevitable day of man's downfall, the day when he finally and self-destructively turns his weapons against his own kind, the day of the writing in the sky, when your cities lie buried under radioactive rubble, when the sea is a dead sea and the land is a wasteland out of which I, 
will lead my people from their captivity, and we shall build our own cities in which there will be no place for humans except to serve our ends, and we shall found our own armies, our own religion, our own dynasty, and that day is upon you now! And as a, in a more personal individual narrative, Murphy in RoboCop, who is somebody who is um, ignorant and then evolves into something else that, due to a combination of trauma and robots. The um, cast of the movie includes Greg Nicotero and Simon Pegg. I totally forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch this movie again because I know that I don't like it, but it's going to buy, it's been so long that it's going to contain yeah. so much information that, so, and well, they, that I'm going to be I really fascinated they, with it. They prepared for it to be like, since it was the first uh, Romero movie in a hundred years, they prepared for it to be like a big deal. Yeah. So they got, they got like Greg Nicotero and Simon Pegg to be, uh, zombies and soldiers and extras and everything like that. Um, let me ask you in ter- since you're bringing up kind of specific actors in this, yeah. um, I had forgotten, do you know who Robert Joy is in this movie? The actor, Robert Joy. Um, he plays the kind of like melty face dude with the, with the weird eye. Yeah. 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 Have you seen him? Have you, do you remember him from anything else? Because he's amazing. Um, um, he, I know that he's amazing. Specifically, Uh. he plays the, um, the most dastardly mutant in the 2000s, uh, redo of the Hills have eyes. Hills have eyes. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, You've, I assume you've seen that one, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't think I have. Okay, well, if you have not seen The Hills Have Eyes, I'm not going to recommend it for everybody. <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> recommend it for you, but I'm going to put a content yeah. warning on it. And right here, if you want to skip ahead 13 seconds regarding, like, sexual violence, uh, it is <laughs> it is so fucking harrowing. Um, it is nothing like your father's hills have eyes. Like literally, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Tr- there are these a few scenes of really true torture. Robert Joy plays um, Lizard, is the character, and he's kind of like yeah. the talkiest, like most manic one. And he like yeah. eats a canary's fucking head off in this scene where he like, blows another character's brains out and rapes another character. Oh. Um, it is rough house, but he is really good. Um, I, I wish I had been aware that I should have been mentally preparing for that in in advance, but he is so fucking scary. I would give, I would give him carte blanche to play anybody. Like if you had to re to, to go back into, um, nightmare on Elm street and not use Robert England, he would be the first person I went to. Um, cause he, his skills, at going in various different directions are off the chain. He's amazing. Uh, so Robert Joy, scary as fuck, been in a lot of stuff, but doesn't really uh, star a whole lot. He's got a he's got kind yeah. of um, 
an odd malevolence. No, he's also in Aliens versus Predator Requiem, which is I think one of those seven or eight Aliens movies that I have not bothered to see. It's yeah, Requiem. I thought was not any necessarily different from like the other AVP, which was garbage. I don't know if I've seen any of the AVPs. They just don't. They're not good. They're not good. What they do is just kind of um, take the concepts that um, everybody liked and doubled down on them and just kind of flash them in front of your eyes instead of going into anything or writing a story. Yeah, which is which is in a way not unexpected for us to say because we're like really die-on-the-wall yeah. alien and predator nerds. Yeah. There well, there was a way to do it, and the way to do it was to build a story that had some strength because that's how both aliens and predator work. Yes, <laughs> and my frustration is my understanding is that they did scoop out a bunch of shit from those like dark horse comics, but still yes, didn't did. make it good. Which it's, is they still didn't follow like any of the dark horse the good stuff from the dark which horse. Is, comics. Which is like yeah. the biggest crime in the world is somebody had a good idea, which is like, well, take yeah. all that weird shit from the dark horse comics that you know where Hicks is still alive and yeah, they get to yeah. go onto this world and yeah and, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking bizarre, uh, but also just fucking ruin it. Just make a trash movie that makes no sense. Also, yeah. make three of them. Yeah, also make three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I have geez. I have very little interest at all. Uh, and what it is, in my opinion, is it has to do with the, one of the worst versions of essentially video gamifying a, fi- a yeah. film. You know what? It's it even fails at that because whoever they handed the like the the combat to had no idea what to creatively do with the aliens and predators because they they obviously saw it and thought like so the predator can shoot a bolt of plasma that kills anything yeah oh man I'm gonna have a hard time explaining why he doesn't just do that all the time and then so I just I guess I won't and then. <laughs> Yeah. And then they show like the the predator blast a couple of aliens. He loses his gun. The the aliens are made out of acid, so the writers were like, uh, "How do we explain how the aliens don't just kill everybody when they explode?" I guess we won't. And then um it's it, oh my god, it's a mess. I can't I'm I'm, I'm getting like <laughs> I so dragged angry. you into I the wrong basement it. for okay. yeah yeah. Um, so we're getting off of uh, Eugene Baker and <laughs> Big Daddy. We should actually yeah. hit what are the various beats that Big Daddy goes through uh, to transition from um, Mister Roboto trying to still work at the gas station to uh, revolutionary leader that takes down well, the city of Pittsburgh and the Cathedral of Learning. There's a couple. <laughs> Hi there. My name is Douglas Raffensperger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack. And suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy dandy short handled half guarded navel sword, that's what. 
Here at Douglas and Colorless, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a colors for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a colors for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle-quality 27-inch half-guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Rafflesmer of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Gavin and Hess had such a lovely time discussing zombies, they decided to turn it into a two-part episode. Please come back next time for the dramatic conclusion of Big Daddy, Dennis Hopper Hunter, also Night, then Dawn, then Day, then Land.